My friends, uh, if, if some of you are curious and wondering, well, what is that? What is that green ribbon on Pastor Nick's lapel? It is uh, a ribbon in loving memory of J.S. Spence, the ten-year-old whose funeral we held here yesterday. Pastor Lisa and I officiated. So please remember to pray for that dear family, the Spence family. Amen. In our Holy Bible, the prophet says in what we call the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 16, verse 4, it says, Let our refugees stay among you. Hide them from our enemies until the terror is past. Well, as we have announced this past month, we are in the process of sponsoring a refugee family from war-ravaged Ukraine, and I just want you to know today that I was very pleased, I was very pleased to discover this week that one of our other Nazarene churches in Ontario is also sponsoring a refugee family from Afghanistan, from war-ravaged Afghanistan. And so I, I heard that and I thought, oh, isn't that wonderful that... Uh, Various churches are trying to help and bring relief to hurting men and women and children uh, in various parts of the world. Amen? All right. Well, there is another prophet in our Holy Bible who wrote a section of the Bible called Hosea, H-O-S-E-A. He wrote around 715 B.C., but his message is totally relevant to you and you and you and you up in the balcony and to you viewers online. Uh, Hosea's message is very relevant to all of us. In many ways, the 14 chapters of Hosea are beautifully summarized in Hosea chapter 12, verse 6, if we can put that up. Hosea 12, verse 6, which says, read it with me, please. So now, come back to your God, act with love and justice, and always depend on Him. All right. In a previous message, we talked about some reasons, some reasons why people sometimes wander away from the Lord. The prophet Isaiah, in his day, was very burdened because he saw people wandering away from God Almighty. They were, they were doing their own thing. They were becoming indifferent towards God. They were too busy with this, too busy with that, and really ignoring God. And so we started to talk about some reasons why people sometimes wander away from the Lord. The first reason that we spoke about was, uh, was for those that made notes, was A, People get involved in sin. That will often lead us away from God. Hosea chapter 14, uh, verse 1 says, For your sins have brought you down. For your sins have brought you down. Okay, I'm not going to spend any more time on that. As we continue in this message, I want to talk about some other reasons why people sometimes wander away from the Lord. So here's another reason. Technicians, if you can go to B, to B, which is people experience a major disappointment or unanswered prayer. And that sometimes results in people drifting away from the Lord. Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, verses 89, might help us in terms of this issue. Because Isaiah 55, 89 declares this. It says, my thoughts, God, God is speaking here, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than than your thoughts. Think about that. While it doesn't always make sense to us, 
we can rest in the fact that God knows what he is doing and that he has a plan for our disappointments. God has a plan. We don't always know what that might be. Uh, I remember how back in the 1990s, we were looking for a church property to buy to build this larger church facility. I personally spent almost a year, I mean, not every day, but during the course of the year, I spent over a period of about a year, many hours, working on us buying a 3.3 acre piece of property not far from here. And in the end, in the end, even though we were this close, this close to buying it, this close to them selling it to us at a very, very reasonable price, in the end, they did not end up selling the property to us. And I personally was very, very heartbroken, to be honest with you. I was very disappointed because it was literally close to a done deal. I, I had one of the leaders of that organization phone me and said, Pastor Nick, we made a decision. We're going to sell it to you. It just has to go to this other committee, and it'll just be rubber stamped, and then we'll sign the papers and it belongs then to Rosewood Church, Church of the Nazarene. Well, that did not happen. The, um, the committee that was supposed to rubber stamp it said, are you guys crazy selling this property? No, no, don't sell it. Anyway, anyway, so I was very disappointed. Months later, months later, however, my disappointment turned to great joy. Great joy because we then found and bought these eight acres, eight acres where we are currently located. We bought these eight acres of prime land just off of Highway 401, the largest highway in Canada. So we ended up losing a 3.3-acre property, but we ended up gaining an eight-acre property, which is very difficult to get in any major city, all right? What a lot of you don't know probably is there are very few land pieces zoned, zoned for church purposes, for worship purposes in Toronto and in most other major North American cities. So what I want to say is that sometimes our disappointments are God's doors to a greater opportunity. Amen? Some of you have learned that. I can tell from your amens. And others of you, uh, I want you to just be open to that reality that many times our disappointments are God's doors to a greater opportunity. So when God doesn't answer your prayers the way you expected, the way you wanted, don't give up on him. Don't give up. Say, Lord, I don't know the whole picture here, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to persevere. Amen? All right. Here's another reason why sometimes people wander away from the Lord. All right? Point C. People, well, it can happen when people go through a pandemic like COVID-19. Some people, including Christians, have said things like, well, you know, if God really loves us, why has God allowed COVID-19 to go on for so long? It's over two years. What, March, April, May, June, July? Two years, four months. Dear God, why have you allowed this thing to go on for so long? Well, I think you know that that question could take several hours for us to discuss, and we still would not have the full answer. No one knows the full answer, of course, to that question. But personally, personally, I, I do believe that, that from the start, I do believe that if everyone had been willing, had been willing to wear a mask, not only in Canada, but other countries as well, if everyone had been willing to wear a mask, to stay six feet apart, and to be double vaccinated when we were supposed to be, or when we were told to, COVID-19 probably would not have lasted so long. However, however, Stick with me now. However, in Canada and the United States, there is a tendency for people to say, 
I'll do what I want, if I want, when I want. I want my freedom. That's what's happened over these last two years, four months. That's what's happened. And sometimes so-called freedom adds to the problem. It really does, folks. It really, really does. I mean, you, you just think about this. In the United States, there have been all these terrible, tragic shootings, shootings uh, by individuals with, with um, automatic rifles, machine guns, uh, assault rifles, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, there were terrible shootings down in Buffalo and in, in Texas and in California, many other places, many other places. This has happened regularly. And, uh, and the answer, the, the biggest answer to this is, listen, stop selling, stop selling assault rifles and machine guns to 18-year-olds. Stop selling that stuff to anybody. Nobody needs machine guns. Nobody needs this crazy stuff. But, but politicians and the, the, the rifle association, whatever they're called, well, you know, we want our freedom. Want our freedom. For what? For what? To kill innocent children? To kill innocent people? It's totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. You know, doesn't make sense, but you see, in this country, other countries, and in America, folks are absorbed with, we want our freedom. Our freedom results in tragedy. Our freedom can be good, but only when it is managed properly. Anyway, anyway, okay, here's a, another reason why sometimes people wander from the faith. Point D, wandering from the faith often begins with wandering from the church, all right? We have these verses on the screen for you. Why don't you read them with me, beginning with Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Do we have those? All right. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Read it out loud. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his, Jesus' return, is drawing near. One of the biggest problems created by COVID-19 is that it became obviously necessary, it became necessary for Christian churches and all places of worship to close down weekend in-person worship times for many months. We had to close down as well. Most churches, including uh, ours, worked hard. We worked hard and quickly to put together weekly online pre-recorded services, and then we, we've had online live stream services. And I want to congratulate, sincerely, I want to congratulate Hundreds of you, hundreds of you who have watched the online services most weeks, every week. The truth, the truth, however, is that for some people, watching church online was not their thing. And they stopped watching any church service. The researchers also tell us that for most people, for most people, it only takes about seven weeks, seven weeks to form a different habit. This means that when churches had to close down for in-person worship times to, to prevent the spread of COVID, and when some people decided that worshiping by watching their computer screen, their phone, or their television, when they decided that wasn't for them, it means, it means that in about seven weeks, they formed a different habit. They formed a different habit other than worshiping God on Sunday mornings. 
That's what's happened. There are a few people, by the way, there are a few people in any church, including our church, there are a few people who still, who still have very valid reasons, valid reasons, mainly because of health matters. There are still some people who have very valid reasons to not attend any Sunday morning in-person church services. Some have very valid reasons. I respect that. But the truth is, the truth is, a lot of people have become convenience Christians. All right? Now, viewers online, don't get upset with me. I'm just speaking the truth in love. I'm speaking the truth. Sometimes people don't like to hear the truth, but one of my responsibilities is to speak the truth. All right? And a lot of folks have become convenience Christians. In other words, for a lot of you viewers today, a lot of you viewers today, you are watching this service from your home, not, not because you are still afraid of COVID, but because it has become more convenient, more convenient for you to turn on your phone, your computer, or your television to, to, to watch the service, as you drink coffee, as you make some eggs and bacon and, and um, what else, do, and cereal, what else do some of you make for breakfast? Porridge? Pancakes? Bagels? What else? Well, how about, how about some West Indian food, please? Uh, anyway, I heard a whole bunch of responses there, but uh, anyway, okay, all right, so convenience, king convenience, there's king Jesus, and there's king convenience, convenience, that is one of the major reasons why most people, why most people, well, yeah, most places of worship, most churches have an attendance now of only one-third to one-half compared to pre-COVID days. Some, some people have been asking me, well, why is it, Pastor Nick, folks, folks you know, should be able to come back to church. You know, they're, they're going shopping all over Toronto. They're, they're driving all over the place. They're flying all over the place. Uh, why, why is it that a whole bunch of people still haven't returned to their churches. Not just Rosewood, but many other churches, small, medium-sized, and big churches, okay? Uh, king convenience has become what? King. I know some of you just got upset with me, but that's all right, because I have a responsibility to challenge you. God wants to challenge us to get off our seat and get on the... Get on, get on our feet, what's it called? <laughs> anyway, anyway, by the way, by the way, we hope, we hope you will continue to watch our online live stream services if you don't come to the church building, all right? But, but different people, different people who have come back Sunday mornings to the sanctuary, different people have said to me and to others, They've said things like, you know, Pastor Nick, I really enjoyed watching our church services online at home, but now that I'm back in person, there's nothing like being here. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. One person, one person likened it to, um, to going to watch a hockey game, you know, downtown. Some, some, someone said, Pastor Nick, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's wonderful for, this person was talking about how wonderful it was for them to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play on television, but they said, oh, it, it, it's so much better if I can get downtown to the arena and be there to watch the hockey games. Okay, so here's another reason why some people wander away from God. Here's another reason. Point E, some people wander away from their faith due to selfishness or deception. Selfishness or deception. Read with me from the screen, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. All right? 
Let's put it up there, please. Here it is. Read it together in unison. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Pause right there. Pause right there. At least you can't accuse me of just telling you what your, your itching ears want to hear. Right? Right? Thank you, Bobita. Thank you. You are a wise woman. <laughs> okay. And then the rest of the verse says, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. All right? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Read it with me. All right, here it is. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Well, I'm trying to help us not to be hypocrites, folks. Not to be hypocrites. The question is, have you wandered? Have you wandered from God due to selfishness or deception? It is time, my friends, it is time to get back on track and to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Here's another reason why some people wander away from the faith. Point F, okay. Getting away from personal daily Bible reading and prayer can also result in wandering away from the Lord. I want to give credit to Ruth Adams of our church family. It was Ruth Adams who reminded me of this important faith, of this important fact, when she and her husband drove into uh, the church on a Sunday afternoon to present their tithes and offerings to the Lord, okay? Um, my, folk, my friends, I just want to remind us that we as a church, we, we provide you with a devotional booklet every few months. A devotional booklet, which fortunately many of you are using. We provide you with a devotional booklet, and uh, I want to encourage you to use that devotional booklet. It uh, encourages you to read a portion of Scripture, and it, it has a nice devotional thought, and suggests some, some uh, prayer matters. And, and uh, it, it can help you. Now, it doesn't matter if you use that specific booklet. As long as you are daily setting aside some time to, to read a portion of the Bible and to pray and to listen to God and say, Lord, Lord, help me, help me in my spiritual journey. Okay, so getting back to the Lord is a top priority. It's a top priority. Look at what James in the Bible, James chapter 5 Verses 19 and 20 say. Let's uh, read it together in unison, okay? Let's put it up there. Here it is, okay. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Okay? So... Here are some of the ways in which we need to come back to the Lord, okay? A, A, come back by repenting of your sins and rededicating your, your life to the Lord, all right? Come back and rededicate your life to the Lord if you have wandered away. The prophet Hosea, chapter 14, verse 2 says, bring, bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. Will you, will you pray and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I come back to you and I want to begin to praise you. Dear Lord. Also, here are some ways we need to come back to the Lord. Point B. Come back, come back by starting to use, to use your talents and gifts for the Lord. Read with me 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, which says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Isn't that good? Now, some of you, some of you have been using your abilities for the Lord. 
throughout this pandemic time. And I rejoice and I congratulate you and, and I, I want to especially express appreciation to our tech team, our tech team that has been so instrumental with all the technical stuff that has to happen behind the scenes for every service. Thank you. And, and they were such a big help, help uh, to Pastor Lisa and I with the funeral service yesterday and, and for other funerals and weddings as well, okay? However, however, over the last couple of years, some of you, truthfully, some of you have put your talents and gifts into sleep mode. Sleep mode. Isn't that right? Um, Cindy, there's a, on the computers, there's the sleep mode, right? See, I, I'm just getting so techy-mecky here, it's just... <laughs> uh, some of you have put your talents in sleep mode. And you, you have stopped using your, your gifts, your abilities that God has given you for his honor and purposes. My friends, it is time. It is time to move from sleep mode into active mode. All right? Kickstart your gifts. Kickstart your gifts. Will you? Will you? Uh, I tell you, I tell you, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that Bobita here has been using her gifts uh, throughout the pandemic as our volunteer treasurer. She's our volunteer treasurer. And uh, I'm just glad that she hasn't gone into sleep mode, okay? Because you always have to keep the finances of the church in good order for just uh, godly purposes. And also the government can come and inspect any time uh, I mean, it's just the way you need to operate, okay? Anyway, so come back by starting to use your gifts for the Lord once again. Um, point C, come back by starting to give your tithes and offerings. Don't get upset at me now. Just cool it, okay? This, this is, come back by starting to give your tithes and offerings. In the Bible, Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10 says this, God is speaking, and, and God says, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's the local place of worship. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Put me to the test. Okay, listen. Very sincerely, from my heart, very sincerely, I want to congratulate, I want to congratulate the many of you who have been very faithful in giving your tithes and offerings and world mission gifts throughout COVID-19, even when you haven't been in church, in the church building physically. All right? Honestly, I want to congratulate you. And um, I, Cindy, would you give folks a hand of appreciation? All right? Yeah. The, the challenge with me applauding is, is my microphone just amplifies amplifies it humongously, and then the technicians ball me out for, for applauding, okay? All right? Um, so I honestly congratulate the many of you, many of you in the sanctuary, and many of you viewing online, who have been very faithful in your giving of tithes and offerings. At the same time, you, you got to give me credit for being honest. At the same time, there are, there are many of you who haven't given a nickel to the Lord's work since COVID began, you know, 28 months ago. Hello! <laughs> you know, you, you haven't given a nickel. And guess what? I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you why? Why do I feel sorry for you? Because you are missing out on God's blessings that come through giving. 
That's why. That's why I feel sorry. You know? Start to tithe. Start to give. And you will be amazed with the different blessings God will pour out upon you. You will be amazed how the rest of your income goes further. You say, how does that happen? How does that happen? It happens in so many ways. In so many ways. It's incredible. I won't get into it, but even this past week, one of my immediate family members thought, thought they, were go- they were going to have to put out $10,000 to replace the engine of their car. And they were blessed. They were blessed. Unexpectedly, they were blessed because the manufacturer put in not only a brand new engine, but paid for the installation as well. And I know that family ties and gives very faithfully and very generously to their local church, to God's house. Okay, so Hosea 12, 6 says, So now, so now, come back to your God. Another prophet, Joel chapter 2, verse 13 says, Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Okay, listen, listen. Folks, today is obviously Father's Day, and and the prophet, the prophet of Hosea, his words in chapter 12, verse 6, say, so now come back to your God. And those words are so extremely important for us men to live out and to live by. Right? Why, why do I say that? Now stick with me, men, here in the sanctuary, on the main level, up in the balcony. Stick with me, online viewers. Why do I say, for us men, it is so important that we do what Hosea says, come back to your God. Why is it so important? Here is why. I want you to listen carefully. Uh, get, get ready to, take a, to write down a few notes, too. Get ready, get ready. You're going to want to talk about this. Okay. According to data collected by Promise Keepers and the Baptist Press, collaborated with a European study as well, done in Switzerland, and a study also done by the Lutheran Church, they discovered the following. They discovered the following. Number one, they learned that if a father... If a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, listen to this, if a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, only, only one in 50, only one in 50 children, one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. That is painful. Now, maybe you are a single mom and you are thinking, where does that leave me? Right? Where does that leave me? Well, can I encourage you today, single moms, can I encourage you today by telling you, telling you, reminding you, That God delights, God delights in doing exceptional things in the life of a mom who believes in him, in Jesus, okay? Single moms, single moms, believe that the Lord will do good and great spiritual things in the lives of your children. Believe it. And you, you can be the exception to the research in your situation, You as a single mom, when you depend upon the Lord and you pray and you commit those children into the hands of God, I believe He, the Lord, is going to help you to do what needs to be done in raising your children. Amen? Amen. I see that hand. Now, I know, I know it is Father's Day. I know that. But I want, I want us to, well, I want to ask us 
to give a hand of appreciation to all single moms who are doing their best in raising their children. Would you give them, give them a big hand. Amen. Yes, I've known many of the ladies in our church over the years who have done such a beautiful job and are doing a great job of raising their children in the Christian faith, in the Christian way. They're doing their best. Praise God. Praise God. Technicians, I, I even put a note in my, in, uh, in my notes here. It said, don't clap in front of the microphone so that I don't mess up the recording, okay? All right. Okay, here's something else. Here's something else, uh, number two. Number two. Statistics, research, also, also uh, says that where a father regularly attends church, even if the mother does not, even if the mother does not, but the father attends, 66% of the children will attend church. Isn't that something? If a father attends church, 66% of the children will attend. Here's the third truth. Research tells us that in homes where both the father and the mother attend church, 75% of the children will become regular attendees, regular church worshipers, worshipers of the Lord in a local church. My friends, we need a generation, we need a generation of godly men who understand the importance, the importance of being an influential godly father, godly man, right? And men, the way we live our life at home, at work, at church, will have an effect on our children and on other people's children. Right? Right. All right, men. All right. I, I just need to get a little drink here. Okay. To further help you and me understand how important, how important men and fathers are, I'm, I'm going to give you some more information. All right? One of the problems with some television shows is that they portray or, or they, they make us men, they make us fathers look, look like we are what? Weak and dumb and kind of like buffoons and useless, okay? There's some programs that portray us men, us fathers, in that way. Don't watch them. Once you see that that happens, turn it off, okay? Now, here is, here's some more information that underscores the importance, the importance of a father, a man, in the life of a child. Here, here, here it is. Okay. All right. Michael, you ready for this? Okay, brother. Here it is. 63%, sadly, 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. When, when the researchers say fatherless homes, they mean the father is not active or somehow involved in the child's life, all right? 63% of suicides, youth suicides, are from fatherless homes. Here's another f fact. 90%, oh my, 90% of all runaway children are from fatherless homes. Eighty-five percent of all children with behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 
71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent chemical abuse patients in drug treatment centers are from fatherless homes. Get this. 85% of all youths, 85% of all youths in prison are from where? From fatherless homes. Now my friends, these results are shocking, but unfortunately true. I'm bothered that they are true and correct. Statistics such as I have given to you show us, the only reason I've given you these facts, these, these statistics, this research, the only reason I've given to you, I, in many ways I thought, no, I don't want to give it. The only reason I give it to you today is to help show you the importance, the importance of having a father who is active in a child's or a teenager's life. In other words, men, we are important. Ladies, give us a hand, will you? We are, we are important, no matter what some of those TV shows make us out to be. And by the way, it's not, it's not an issue of a father's role being more important than the role of a mother. No, no. God has designed, God has designed the role of a father and mother to function in a complementary fashion. Pastor Lisa and Porek, hopefully you're going to have a dozen children in the next few years. God has designed you to function in a complementary fashion. You know, a mother's role, a mother's role will always be primary in terms of intimacy, care, and nurture. But the fact of the matter is, as a child matures, he or she will increasingly look to the father for their role model in processing decisions and adopting values, right? This is a fact that is statistically proven. Where the father is indifferent, inadequate, doesn't keep in touch with the children, or is absent, the task, the task of maturing in a responsible manner becomes much harder for the child or the teenager. My friends, the stakes spiritually could hardly be higher. The stakes are very high. Men, you are very important. You are very important in the spiritual development of your child and in their development in every other way. And men, you are important in the development of your grandchildren as well. Right. I'm trying, I'm trying to invest in our four little grandchildren as well. I want to say thank you. Thank you, men, for what you are doing to be a blessing to your children, to their mother, and to many other people. Gentlemen, know. Know that you are loved. You are loved by God, and you are loved by us here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. You are loved. Please. In closing, watch this love letter from God. If you can knock out the spotlights, please. The words you are about to experience 
They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being. For you were my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, almighty God.
as the prophet Isaiah and as the prophet Hosea both declare, come home. Come back to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray that indeed all of us, men and women, would respond to your invitation to come back to God, to give our hearts, our lives holy to you, to live godly, godly, holy, holy lives for your honor and your glory, and to know that our eternal home has been secured in heaven through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.